Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, the RV is going to St. Louis, Missouri, to speak to J.D. Mass. J.D. is an entrepreneur, speaker, and author. His latest book is entitled Race for What? A White Man's Journey and Guide to Healing Racism from Within. So, J.D., welcome to the RV. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. So, J.D., you spent 15 years in Los Angeles before returning to St. Louis. From 2003 to 2018. And is there anything you miss from your time in California? Certainly. um, I miss certain friends. Uh, I miss my son a tremendous amount who still lives there. And, you know, there's some weather and climate things you miss. But most of all, besides my son, I really miss the opportunity. I've been plant-based diet for over 16 years, and it's a lot more uh, opportunities to eat different types of foods in L.A. than it is here in St. Louis. So I'm going to have to try and start some plant-based food things out here as well. Mm-hmm. And the weather also is so better yes. in California, I believe so. Yes, it's definitely nice. So tell us more about race for what? Can you quickly explain the significance of this phrase? So the phrase, um, an elder uh, white man one time told me that the idea was we created race because it was all about winning. And I've heard other definitions that talked about the race of the European countries to come to uh, this side of the world to in colonizing. It was kind of a race to see who could get the most done. And the idea that race was about winning stuck with me because so much of our interaction is about winning and comparison and all of this. And I'm saying, well, what does winning look like? Have we ever defined what it looks like to win? And why are we constantly seeing so many of us as competition instead of as companions and and partners? And so that's what I'm asking as we look at the, the culture and some of the things that went into creating racism. What traits of that are we looking at also just in the way we interact with each other? And so I want to know where we're racing to, where are we going? Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Yes. So it's um, my journey uh, is a a road less traveled here in the States, especially. Um, If if you see on the cover, uh, this was my high school prom picture. And in that, I spent a lot of time growing up in a black community that my parents purposely wanted to raise me in, going to a school with majority black students. I mean, students were black. And and so I 
develop these relationships. And I also got to experience life uh, in with my white family. But I, I had this uh, ability and opportunity to experience both cultures. And through that, I wanted to kind of understand why racism existed. And I wanted to be a part of the healing process for my entire life. And I just didn't know kind of how. And when I got involved in white anti-racism work, I started to see that there was um, there was this passion for wanting to change and yet a lack of knowledge and understanding about what who the people we were trying to help what was their culture all about? What was their approach? What was important to them? What had they been through that we didn't even know that they've been through? And so there was so much to be answered there. And at times it was difficult to communicate. So I put it in a book. First half of my book is about this journey, less traveled. And the second half of my book is about steps that I see towards healing that. And the first step is saying, hey, don't take a step. Let's really analyze how this started. What were the core values that we even had as a people that made us want to create a system like this before we can even look at correcting and what needs to be corrected? Let's really identify some of these things that that took place early on that led us in this and and less about just the actions and the final actions but also about the intentions and emotions and values that went into creating it so and jd when you talk about healing races within how does this tie into systemic races so um to me, the healing racism from within means that we're open to even having this discussion. And so in our culture, uh, we are taught very early on that we are great. America is great. USA is great. We don't get to learn about other cultures. We're not taught about them in school. Sometimes subliminally, when we are taught about them, we taught about them in a way that says they're not important. Uh, they didn't change. You know, we're the leaders. We have the most money. We have the most this. We're the best, 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 best. And in in healing, if if we're causing harm to be the best and we're not even taught about the harm we're causing and we're not paying attention to how what we're learning and how we're being given information and what else could be out there. That is there another uh, way of doing things that actually could be better, worse, or different, um, then we're we're missing out on something. And my and my idea of healing is to really be open to the healing process, to be open that there may be something ways we can improve, to be open to redefining what makes us great, what what winning looks like, what are the things that we're doing, and how are we approaching it? Changing the mentality, basically. Yes, very much. Yeah. And the Black Lives Matter protests made a profound impact in 2020. Mm -hmm. So do you believe the desire for change is growing? So I do. Uh, maybe not in the power structures, because some of them may like the way things are. But I believe that the, the idea and desire for change started to really pick up steam during the Obama first election and, and not 
I want to be clear, this is not about politics. This is mm -hmm. about a desire for change. And he ran on the idea of change and hope. And those were his key kind of points to running. Yet the system itself didn't change when he got in office. He would look like change and he certainly represented change in a certain way, but the systems itself didn't change. And I believe truly, whether we like Trump or not, he was change and, and he brought forth a change and the people are still looking for change. And so um, I think that that's constantly happening. And, and one of the people that I look up to, um, Deepak Chopra, one time on an interview, said the change process brings forth chaos. And we have to be aware of that. When you go from boiling water, to from changing it from liquid into steam, that boiling process is chaos. So just because it looks bad right now, it doesn't mean that we're not still looking for change and trying to reshape how we're going to end up. And I think we're in the middle of that change process. And right now, there's a lot of emotions involved in that. Yes, hopefully things will change. <laughs> I hope that this book can have that influence, but it's, it's not an easy read. This is not about Kumbaya and we're all wonderful. Yeah. This is about going, you know, the healing process is painful, right? If you, um, if you, even the strengthening process is painful. If you work out and you lift weights and now all of a sudden the next day you have pain and that pain is from what you tore down and how it's going to rebuild itself stronger. And even in, in rehabilitating an injury, you work that injured limb out and there's pain involved and discomfort involved in that process. And yet the end result is a beautiful thing if we can heal. And that is partly what I'm wanting to push ourselves through. Mm -hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you have a background in organizational psychology. I'm curious to know your thoughts regarding accountability. Why do you think it's so difficult for people to be accountable? So I think that we see accountability. Part of this desire in 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 going back to the beginning, like we talked about, of creating this kind of white supremacy culture or whatever it is, the, the idea was that we were better than without having to justify how. And so now in holding accountable, whether or not that's true, we have to question and be open to, well, maybe we're not as good as we think, or maybe this, it didn't go as well as we think, instead of just wanting to hold on to this idea of perfection and idea of us being great. There's some value, I think, that we don't get to experience in the process of growing and recognizing that it's a journey that we so hold on to this idea of our greatness that it makes us 
scared to even find out that we could be accountable for some things and make amends for things and give credit and, and, and appreciation to others without having to feel completely devalued in and of ourselves. And there's opportunity for growth there, but we don't get to that growth if we're too defensive and in denial to even hold ourselves accountable. Absolutely. And what do you think the future looks like when it comes to equity and equality? So I, I, you know, one of the steps in my book is reparations. And I think that we need equity. Uh, we need equity from the standpoint of, of um, people need to be able to and groups and cultures need to be able to have access and, and, and ability to control, sort of speak, their own destiny and their own ability to have resources. And there's an abundance of resources that exist to keep us comfortable and to keep us safe and to keep us, uh, you know, fed and new and full of nutrients and the things that we need in order to have the basics covered in our life and a comfortable lifestyle. And so equity, and because there's enough, equity gives us a chance to have a, a good, you know, a quote unquote good life. Equality then can take place because we have we we each have that same access. We we each have the ability to kind of in put our own imprint on the world. We each have the uh, uh, access and, and ability to create our own opportunities and, and just focus on what we can do and be the best at what we can be. But it, you can't have equality if you haven't repaired harm of the damage that has been consistently done. And it's done in such a way that the harm is that we don't know often what we don't know. We're so segregated or we've been so segregated that we don't really know and we have we don't get to learn about the others that we don't really know what equality looks like. Yeah. And so it's it's a difficult thing if we don't break down the deception. Yeah, it's difficult. And you are giving a big step to well, thank you try at least to change the mentality and yes yeah. so JD what message would you like to leave to our listeners so my message is humanity is achievable and it's achievable by going there's a beauty and a value to going through the uh, healing process and there's a beauty and a value to all cultures that we should learn from um, and to look for ways to how are we improving each other's quality life and building connections. And if those actions aren't being done, then maybe we need to look within ourselves about what we can do to do that. Exactly. And is your book already available? Uh, March 29th is the release date. Uh, I'm self-publishing it. Um, my uh, website is raceforwhat.com and that there can be pre-orders there for the actual paperback copy as well as links to uh, the Kindle version. Okay, you have an ebook as well. Yes. Wonderful. And is there any other social media that we can find you? Sure. I'm on uh, my page on Facebook. 
um, TikTok and uh, Instagram are all at race for what? And the uh, Twitter is JD Mass One, the number one. JD, thank you very much for your participation. We will be also promoting you on our website. Which Thank will you. be yes, of course. And I'm sure our listeners will be very curious to know about you and your work. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate this opportunity. This was a great conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.